I've got this property that has solar. Does that add any value? Dude, I've got a good appraiser friend. Let's ask him. Hey, Joel. That's what we're talking about today. Welcome to the Utah Real Estate Show podcast, the show where two agents and a lender teach real estate best practices by talking through mistakes we've seen and made. A neighborhood that had, hey, all of these ones sold for this, but that's a yeah, then the same that's a rambler, level, that's a rambler. This one has a finished basement. They're all the same square footage, give or take a couple hundred. So they should all be the exact same value. They should, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, they, they could. That's what so every owner wants people us. People look at because yeah. they go, yeah. well, this, but like split levels are not as desirable as a, a, ram- a rambler. So yeah. on, does an appraiser take that into effect or is that more on the buying side of just what people like? I, uh, yes. <laughs> you got it right there. So, Hello and welcome to another episode of the Utah Real Estate Show. I am Tyler Kazare, Utah Real Estate Agent. Jason Christiansen, mortgage lender. Eric West, Utah real estate agent. And tonight we've got a special guest, my good friend, Joel Frost, Joel appraiser Frost. extraordinaire. That's yes. the official title. That is, yes, it that is. is. And that's why we have him here. Tell, <laughs> yes. us, tell us a little bit about your background, Joel. Yeah, I got into appraising in 2006 and uh, have just been crushing it ever since. Uh, no, so I've, I've sat on a couple different appraisal boards in, in the past decade or so. Uh, currently, I serve as a reviewer, an experienced review member for the Division of Real Estate, meaning I help other appraisers um, by reviewing their experience when they when they apply to become an appraiser. So Nice. Nice. And we've got him here because so often we get asked by clients, what's going on with my appraisal? What do I do? Here, what does this mean? This is wrong. And then... Yeah. I have to walk them through and say, no, this is how it looks. So yeah. it, it's arguably the most stressful part of any transaction, whether it's refinance or purchase. Like there's more anxiety around the appraisal than well, almost anything else. And and some of that is because there's a lot of people who don't understand what he actually does for the loan, why an appraiser is there. And then the agents don't understand how an appraiser actually appraises things. So they give an incorrect value of what the home's worth. <laughs> and then it yeah. gets under contract and the appraiser comes in and says, you're a hundred thousand over. Yeah. Uh, you did this wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Let's start actually by like, what is the basis of appraisal? What do you look like? Look at what's a comp? What, how does that work? Cause one of my biggest frustrations is, is when I have a real estate agent say, I've got five houses in this neighborhood for sold that sold for a hundred thousand more. And I've got a freaking bungalow is my subject property. And we've got a two story over here and a ranch over here and a something. And you yeah. like that, don't you? Yeah, no, that's my <laughs> uh, Yeah, the, so, so the basis for an appraisal is uh, I, I come, I see your house really quickly. Yeah. I assume almost everything in your house works perfectly because I'm not like a property expert. I'm a value expert. So once I go see your house, I'm only there for 10, 15 minutes, 20, you know, if it's a big house, maybe a little bit longer. Then I go back to my office and that's where the magic happens. It takes four or five hours of analysis to really check out how is the market reacting to home with your home's features like bedrooms, bathrooms, uh, your square footage, your garage, your acreage. You know, we try to keep our finger on the pulse of what people are paying for different features. In the yeah. market. So if you have questions, if the roof is good, get a home inspection. Watch the video on home inspections. Yeah. But yeah. he's gonna establish 
if I need to foreclose, can I get my money back? That's why That's I require job. an yeah. appraisal. Yeah. If you, as far as the roof goes, if you hand me a report that says the roof sucks, <laughs> I can tell you how that affects the value of the home. So then what are a few key features when you're going through and looking at a property like solar panels? That's a big one right now of people like, well, I have a $30,000 solar system. So yeah. that increases my value of 30 grand, 50 grand, nothing. Yeah. In order for us to give value to solar, there's a couple of things that have to be answered. If you're leasing your solar, like if you've signed a lease agreement on it, it doesn't give value. So lease the, is right. out. Owner doesn't own it. Owner doesn't own it. So, so you don't get any value. Mm -hmm. If you have financing in place for the solar panels, then I can't give it value either. Unless this, unless the transaction that I'm appraising it for, like a refinance, is gonna pay that off, then I can't give it value either. So okay. if, if you take out a, out a home equity line of credit mm -hmm. to pay for the solar, and now you just have a home equity line of credit balance, that's fine because technically that's paid off. Like mm -hmm. you own the okay. solar panels, you just have this debt now. Mm -hmm. So that's okay, but if you have a debt on the solar panels, you're not getting value for them. Um, and, and then once you pass that test, now I can start talking to you about, can we give value to these solar panels? And, and the answer is yes at that point. So okay. that's kind of the first test, okay. right? Uh, and then after that, it's really kind of measuring how big your your, your system is and uh, how, how much off-grid you can be mm -hmm. for your house and what homes in the neighborhood that have similar solar panels are selling for. So I, I guess here's my thing. If anyone ever says to you, solar panels don't get anything back, I probably won't trust that's them. That's the one I always <laughs> that's that's what he said that's just that before we started. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, solar panels, they don't give you anything, yeah. right? Yeah. And then he schooled me. I would say don't trust that person. And whether they're an appraiser, whether they're an appraiser, but now you know, so I trust you now. Okay. That's so good, that's good. Uh, so if, whether they're an appraiser or a realtor, uh, whatever, your financial advisor, mm -hmm. you know, your babysitter, whatever. But like them. what you just said, like a lot of that comes into play is you needed some information before you do that appraisal on that solar system because if you knew that it was already paid off and you have all the size of it and you have everything there, now you can give you value. Yeah. Now if you, but if the well, seller. And if there's a comparable. Yeah, but if you didn't get, if nobody provided any of that information for you, did it's you harder. go, yeah. Yeah, I, I will start asking questions. Okay. And per, personally, I will. Will all appraisers? I don't know. Mm, but okay. like, I do think that it, it's helpful if a realtor, in a situation mm -hmm. of a sale, if a realtor is gonna provide that, I, I would appreciate that. Just saying, hey, mm. there's 14 panels, this many kilowatt hours, their, their monthly bill is 10 bucks now, which is the obligatory charge to even mm -hmm. be connected. So it, it wiped it out completely. So Let's, yeah. that would be what I would want. Okay. I want to hit something really quick. So wouldn't the real estate agent be influencing you on value? I mean, isn't that a no-no? I, I don't think they're influencing me on value. They're just telling me about a feature of a house. Just like if you said to me, hey, the, the kitchen was fully remodeled in, in 2020. Great. You're not influencing me on value. You're just telling me that's all new. So Which I, so might make it worth more. It's worth more. But there's a big difference. So what would be an agent influencing you on value? Saying, hey, we you know, we need you to kick in 30 grand for this or else this the whole thing's gonna blow up. <laughs> Especially in my industry, there's a big fear of talking to appraisers. But supplying information to the appraiser can be valuable. Just be careful what you're doing and know that you're supplying information and you're not pressuring for value. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, then, that's the name of the game is don't pressure for value. Don't yeah. pressure for value. Like, tell me what the system has. Tell me that your kitchen's remodeled. But don't tell me what you think I should do on that. Yeah. <laughs> so what are some other key things that really, like right now, like the solar panels are a big one that we're seeing mother-in-law apartments and accessory <laughs> Ooh, apartments. What's the difference between a mother-in-law accessory and a duplex? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So a mother-in-law is typically, it's just another living dwelling area in your house, but it's it's typically, the word we use is contiguous, meaning there's interior access through the entire home. I like that word. Between that part, you know, between all parts of the home, there's no separation. You don't have to go outside to go into the other part, right? Gotcha, yeah. Which is very typical for an accessory dwelling unit. You have to leave one part of the house to get into the other part. It's not always the case, but it's pretty common that they've blocked off either a staircase or it was just built that way, and so now there's an yeah. accessory dwelling unit. Um, anyway, th- that's kind of the difference between the two. But that's not the same as a duplex. It's not the same as a duplex. So yeah. what makes it a duplex? A duplex, uh, sometimes there's a really thin line between what makes it a duplex and an accessory <laughs> dwelling unit. And a lot of times that is, uh, it was zoned as a duplex. Okay. And so now it's a duplex. And, and, and now Jason on his loan app, he can count the second unit as income qualifying income. Right. Whereas an accessory dwelling unit, the other unit doesn't necessarily count as qualifying. Even if it's income. legal. Even if it's an illegal one, he can't. he's not going to raise you what you qualify to buy a house for. Nope. So, and, and that comes down to zoning, right? And so mm-hmm. uh, like, like a good example is in Salt Lake City, they have just allowed accessory dwelling units. So you can do a lot of accessory dwelling units downtown. You can even build a whole detached accessory dwelling unit on your property. This Which looks a, like a duplex. It will look exact and feel like a duplex. Two meters, sure. everything. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> but because it was built under the certain regulation, it's not a duplex. It's an accessory dwelling unit. And that's going to affect how Jason's going to do your loan. So that's some of the big, that's the mm. biggest implication between mother-in-law accessory dwelling unit and duplexes. What loan are you going to qualify for? Yeah. So. so the biggest differentiator I always hear is, well, it has a separate utility meter. Therefore, it's a duplex. Uh, that, how much credence does that give? Uh, I would say I give I would give no credence <laughs> <laughs> in a number zero. <laughs> I, yeah. Well, how about this? I'll, how about this? Not one, but not zero. Okay. It's a, it's a non-zero okay. sum. Okay. So wow. it's the meter thing can kind of get you in the ballpark, but it's not the indicator. Gotcha. The city, okay. like it's it's a phone call to the city typically that you're going to need to 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 do. Okay. So. so um, I want to hit really quick. What makes a house comparable to another one? Like, how can you really establish value? Your neighbor sells their home for five hundred thousand. How what, uh, shouldn't oh, I be man. able to sell my home for five hundred thousand? My home worth five hundred thousand. Well, just like sold. like Jason brought up a little bit ago, a neighborhood that had, hey, all of these ones sold for this, but that's a yeah, then the same that's a level. That's a Rambler. This one has a finished basement. They're all the same square footage, give or take a couple hundred, so they should all be the exact same value. They should, right? Yeah. (laughs) That's what every owner wants us. People look at because they go, well, this, but like split levels are not as desirable as a a Rambler. So does an appraiser take that into effect or is that more on the buying side of just what people like? I, uh, Yes. (laughs) <laughs> you got it right there. So, that's, that's why we like yeah. and subscribe to these videos for the answers just like that. Yeah, so I, I, an appraiser is going to uh, not necessarily always say, I want to compare only split levels to other split levels. But if I have a, a plethora of comparable sales to choose from, uh, I will pick other split levels. 
Hmm. Versus going, you'll pick the like property like as best you can and if there yeah. isn't then you start if there isn't that's one of the first boundaries i'll cross if there's not a lot of split levels one of the first boundaries i'll cross is another style like gotcha. a multi-level right and then okay and the multi-levels aren't doing it for me let me let me go to the ramblers even though i know ramblers are more desirable people are paying more for those let's go to those so, so i will expand into other styles pretty easily as but 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 i don't like to uh, up front hmm. so especially with something like a split level uh, because there's a lot of love and hate with split levels. Even multi-levels are way more acceptable yeah. than split levels. People hate walking in and going up or down. Like yeah. it, I don't mind it. The but choices. Some people hate it. There's too many choices. <laughs> I don't know which way to go. <laughs> so how many, how many comparables do you usually bring in on an appraisal? What's your target number? What's required of multi-lenders like? Yeah, so what required is three. got to have three comps. Well, let's we call them, but um, go ahead. No, what's that called? Like, why do you need three? <clears throat> why do you need three? Because uh, the lender just wants to make sure that you're not placing all of the, the importance of your appraisal on one outlier, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they want to make sure you're not using an outlier. So, like, let's say the, the house down the street, you know, whatever, the guy, it, it was sentimental to him. He paid 100 grand over value, and you say, no, that's the, that's the comp for this house. Yeah. Well, he overpaid. Or, or let's say the guy died and the kids were just needed some money, so they sold it too low. That's an outlier sell. You shouldn't just place all the value on one outlier. You need to distribute the value across several sales to say, look, there's there's a range of, of stuff here and it all supports it. Like there's several sales that support this market value. So you're establishing that it's not a, a one-off thing. Let's talk about bracketing really quick. I get asked by real estate agents all the time, like, why was this used? This value is way too low, or this one's not a comp. Like, what is bracketing? Yeah, so uh, bracketing is where you're trying to say that all of the features of the house that I'm appraising are represented in the set of comparable sales that I that I I've selected to to be comps. Uh, for example, mm -hmm. when talking about two car garages, um, if you are selecting all comps with three car garages and the house I'm appraising has a two car garage, that's not going to be okay. Like that, that is going to give you an inflated value and doesn't necessarily represent the market value of the home. Even if you make appropriate adjustments for the difference between a home with a two car garage and a three car garage, you still should select some comps with a two car garage because that's the first thing I'm going to ask you when you say, Hey, I'm mad that my value is low. I'm going to say, send me some comps as similar as the ones I've used that have the two-car garage. I'll, I'll, and, and I will literally entertain anything you send me. But if you're sending me stuff with three and four-car garages, like, I won't. Anyway, that's just one example of bracketing. But a lot of times what you end up with, to answer your question, Jason, you end up with a couple comps that look stupid. Why did he use that comp? And it's like, I didn't love it, but everything was more acreage even if it's just this one's a quarter acre and these were all 0.28 to 0.30 there's close mm -hmm. but i needed something with less than a quarter acre so i used this dumb one it's got a little bit less and i didn't put a lot of importance on it. i didn't i didn't weight that comp in the final valuation but i had to have it in there so mm -hmm. so a lot of times what it looks like is you've got your subject property and then you got one that's low and then a few that are high and then your value is in the middle and so it looks out of place but yeah. it has to be there because you've got one on this end and you've got some on this end. Well, and they another one with the bracketing, from what I understand, like even that changes even when you come into, say, a condo. You can't use all the comps 
within the same exact complex, can't you? Correct. Yeah, I mean, that, you have to because otherwise it could create a, a pocket, a mini, a little mini, uh, yeah, like economic. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, like this one's just shh, going yeah. crazy. It's like a mini market mm -hmm. or, or collapsing yeah. or collapsing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you get that a lot. Um, so, so you, you you want to use some comps from that development and some comps outside of it because you see a lot. Like a, a couple of the good investments I've made when I buy investment properties is I find condos <laughs> are depressed. And like, there's not a lot of sales. Like, it's a 12 unit condo or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, and and man, they don't have a lot of comps, so they have a hard time appreciating quickly. But I know the the one down the street with similar stuff, but there's 300 condos in that development that are mm -hmm. selling for 50 grand more. Go buy that one, cause like it's the same thing. They're all two bedroom, one bath. That's the same yeah. stuff. These people are literally going to entertain it. So go buy that one. Like, and that's mm -hmm. an easy thing to find value. That's a good strategy. But like that. yeah, <laughs> don't don't do that one. We're going to do that one. Instead. Yeah. Yeah. That's ours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's ours. We have a monopoly. But yeah, you are supposed to bracket development mm -hmm. as well. So there's one other thing that people always are confused on. Yeah, I, this one is. This I, is. Huge. I'm gonna I'm gonna take this one because I had this one just just recently this week, and they just said, <laughs> "Why isn't my basement being considered? My square footage, just all the square there. footage in the basement isn't being the considered. The rooms aren't being counted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's or a, it's super the, low, and it has nicer features than the upstairs because we've just finished it. Yeah. So ab above grade versus a below grade. That's kind of what we're getting at. Mm -hmm. So in an appraisal, um, you will never see that this house has 3,000 total square feet. It, we just don't say that. We say there's 2,000 above grade, meaning above ground, and then there's a 1,000 square foot basement. Mm -hmm. And those two, those two areas are reported in different sections, and they're measured separately against each other. They both get value, but some people only pay attention to the fact that I've said the first two stories have 2,000 square feet and three bedrooms, and, and that they didn't see the other section where I said there's a thousand square feet, another bedroom, a bathroom, and a family room downstairs. So they are both on there, they both get value, and they're both stacked up to other homes similarly, but it's never reported anywhere in the appraisal. <laughs> so you didn't forget to put it in there. No. It's in there. <laughs> it's the number it's just not in the same place. Well, yeah. and, and they're valued at different dollar amounts, aren't they? It can be, for sure. It, typically, yes. Why? Uh, because you see a different market reaction for those features. Like you see above grade square footage is typically getting a lot more value. Like people are paying more for above grade square footage. Like a, a simple example would be, you ha you know, when you have a family with kids, they'll pay a lot more for the fourth bedroom on this upstairs so they can have all their kids up there with them versus having the, you know, one downstairs. Mm -hmm. that, that, that's a real simple example of why they're paying more. But um, anyway, that, that, that's not true in every case, but that's one example why. But yeah. people are typically paying more, and you can track that they're paying more for above grade. It's because so they don't want to. If it's wanna, on a slope too, oh, this, is, <laughs> this is the one that jumping okay. out fringe. Yeah, yeah. Fringe, so fringe does top. that? Do you like do some cool math? In the front, it's basement. Yeah. In the back, it's walkout. Yeah, it's, it's a mullet house. It's yeah. a mullet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Rambler in the front, two story. In the back. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, does that happen a lot? Yes. And from the lender standpoint, if any, and really from the, the division of real estate for Utah, if any part of the level is below grade, the whole level is below grade. It's a submarine. It's a submarine. Yeah. Okay. So, and, and, and like I even had the division of real estate called me fuming one day. 
you this this person is mad and we think that they're right you said that their that that level was basement everything on their street is not basement uh we need you to send the full work file i'm like oh geez and every appraiser hates the did i do it right i'm I'm thinking did i do it right anyway but i pulled the picture and you can see that the the basement level that i called basement the windows above grade like the window in the bedroom, yeah. but it's only got about a foot from the window to the ground. So you can see that there's part of that level below mm-hmm. grade. And I all I did was send that one picture to the division of real estate, and they were like, "Oh no, yeah, you're right, cool." <laughs> <laughs> so cool. like, yeah, go ahead. yeah. So I mean, if it's below grade at all, probably count on it being below grade. Okay, all right. I'd be the fair. person at the division that had to call back and be like, "No, yeah. actually, you're wrong." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Joel's right. So what do we learn? All right, well, my key takeaway is that solar doesn't necessarily not add any value. It depends. I love that. It's important to remember that just because you have space for your mother-in-law to live there um, and it's contingent, that may or may not add value or may or may not be a duplex. And remember that there's a lot of factors in the appraisal that add that value, bracketing all these different factors provide the information and do a good job valuing it. What'd you learn today, Joel? Dude, I learned that this is fun and I want to come back. (laughs) (laughs) All right, now that I've helped you out understanding appraisals, help your appraiser out. Don't be a knucklehead. Give them good information. Explain this info to your clients. Like, comment, subscribe. Let us know if we missed something. You can always reach out to me on Twitter at JustAskJoel. If you want to get in touch with us, shoot us a text at 801-228-7687. Make sure you mention the show. You can email us at theutahrealestateshow at gmail.com. You can watch this show on YouTube, and you can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you learned something, or if you really love this show, give us a like on YouTube and drop a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. The Utah Real Estate Show is a production of Hive Collective at Presidio Real Estate with support from Security Home Mortgage. The NMLS number for Security Home Mortgage is 178787. The NMLS number for Jason Christiansen is 240472, Equal Housing Lender. Not only is this not legal or investment advice, but you should definitely talk to a pro before you make any real estate decision. Every situation is different and should be considered in context. Copyright Jason Christiansen, Eric Wist, and Tyler Kazare. All rights reserved. Talk to you next week. This is my good side. Mm. I told you, I just scoot a little closer, sugar. What did we learn today? Hold on, I don't think we're ready to learn today. Jump the gun again, Jay. (laughs) Wait, ready? I'm ready. Two, one, marker. Nobody was doing.